listening to the Wilkesbury Stratton Penguins podcast. The best place to break the ice with your favorite player. Play resumes with Wilkesbury Stratton hunting the puck again. It's who pass for Adamo. He rips it in. Adamo. Adamo. So get loud, get fired up, and get ready to rock with your host, Nick Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of your Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. And what a special podcast we have for you today. Merry Leap Day, everybody. Couldn't have a Leap Day game this year, so we'll do one better by having a special Leap Day edition of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Hope all of you are looking sharp in your blue and yellow out there today to celebrate the day of Leap and to celebrate with me today my Special guest is a young man who just celebrated his 100th game as a professional hockey player, a star out of France, at a Robert Morris University, RPI, the captain of the Wheeling Nailers, and right now, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins forward, Justin Adamo. Adamo, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Merry Leap Day, my friend. Yeah, thank you for having me. How, uh, how geeked are you to celebrate Leap Day today? Uh, I actually do not know what is Leap Day. Leap, leap Day. Uh, so every four years, the calendar, you get February 29th. Oh, it's that's what it is. Leap okay, Day. Okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so you get one special day every four years that you normally wouldn't get uh, to do the things that you normally wouldn't do, to try something new, to do something a little bit different. Yeah, we don't really celebrate that in France. So No. Uh, no, we do not. So, no, it's just a regular day. No Leap Day traditions in France. You don't, no. uh, Leap Day William doesn't show up. You don't exchange children's tears for candy. You don't eat rhubarb. Nope. There's no. <laughs> you got nothing like this over no, in France. No, no, no. That's why I was a little bit confused about it. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. We got I kept saying like... Leap Day, Leap Day, Leap Day. And you're like, what is going yeah, on right now? I was right trying now? to figure it out. But, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing special. All right. Are there any um, holidays that you guys celebrate in France that we don't get over here in the States that would throw me for a loop? Uh, we got a few days in May. Um, These are like the burning a, questions right off the hop. It's kind of like a um, celebration for like workers or like everyone that works. So it's a day off for all those people. Kind of like a Labor Day? I w- yeah. Same, Ish. Same, same yeah, spirit. I would say same spirit. It's in May for us. Uh, but besides that, you guys have Thanksgiving that we don't. And then every, everything else is the same, pretty much. Oh, you guys have Cinco de Mayo that we don't do. Oh, well, I mean, we kind of adopted that one from another culture anyway. That's yeah. kind of like half of the American holidays are just like other people celebrate that. So we're going to do that, too. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, besides that, we pretty have, uh, pretty much have the same over there. This uh, Labor Day, if you will, in May, do you guys do anything special for it? It's just like you said, straight up day off. Yeah, no, it's a day off. You know, usually if you can, people get with their family and, you know, um, usually it's the, it's a Friday, so you get a longer weekend. That's how they kind of set it up. Uh, so, you know, people travel and it gives like, you know, everyone a good break to do, you know, see families or do something fun that they wouldn't do usually yeah. with a two day weekend. Yeah. Pick your poison there, whatever you want to, uh, to do and celebrate yeah, exactly. on that kind of day. Uh, we'll be talking much more about, uh, your, your background and, and time in France, further down the line here on the Penguins podcast. But while we're on the topic of traditions, whether they be Leap Day, whether they be holidays in France, we have a tradition here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast where I have the previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. So they do not know who they are asking it to. 
but I say it can be about anything in the world. The book is wide open. Go for it. You can throw someone under the bus. You can get uh, deep and introspective on it. You can try and go funny. Well, this year, Justin, uh, everybody has been giving me riddles. The questions have come in the form of riddles for their teammate to try and answer, and that trend has continued here on this episode of the Penguins Podcast. So we're getting right into it early on here. Justin, are you ready for me to pop the question? Sure. Okay. I need to center myself to make sure I get the the parlance right here because with riddles, the the Mm -hmm. words words are key. Okay. Here we go. Justin, what gets wetter the more that it dries? The more that it dries, the wetter it becomes. What am I? The more it dries, the wetter it becomes. Can I get a hint? <laughs> um, your hint is that the person who submitted this riddle was convinced there was no shot you were going to get it. That's, that's not a, so much a hint as much as it is negative guess, reinforcement. Though, that's a good guess. <laughs> Maybe some motivation. That's more or less what I was going for. Um, let me let me say this as a hint, okay? As you're as you're racking it around right now, this is an everyday item. I would venture to guess. In fact, I'm extremely confident that you experience this thing at least bare minimum once a day, maybe more. It's the wetter Probably. it gets, the drier. No, no the 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 more it dries, the more it the dries. wetter it becomes. The more it dries, the wetter it becomes. What is it? That's actually a good question. I was thinking about like towels or like sponge, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense at all. You don't think so? Well, when the sponge gets dry, it doesn't get wetter. The more it dries, the the wetter it becomes. Yeah, it's, uh, I do not know the answer to that one. Take, take a shot in the dark. We, can, we, can, we will not accept no answer as an answer. Everyday item? That was my hint. Yeah, I'm going to say a sponge. You're going to say a sponge. That's yeah. your final answer? You're going to lock in sponge? Answer. Yeah. Justin Adamo? You were so close, but that is not the answer that we were looking for. The answer we were looking for is a towel. The more that it dries, whether it be drying you out of the shower or drying a countertop, the wetter it becomes. Mm -hmm. Now, sponge is in the same vein, but I don't think you necessarily think of drying with a sponge. Yeah, I was was reversing the process here, but yeah. I was on the right path. You were Ish, definitely on the right And you said yeah. towel, and I kind of perked up in my chair. I was like, he's so close. He's yeah. so close. He's got it. Can I ask who uh, whose riddle it was? Uh, you're more than welcome to ask, and I would tell you and all of our listeners out there to check out the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast That's archives fair. on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. That's fair. Yeah, that is very fair. <laughs> all of the episodes from this season and seasons past uh, available on those platforms. But today, we're talking with... Justin Adamo, and I I teased it a little bit before in our intro to this episode, but you just celebrated your 100th game of professional hockey. There are a bunch of guys back there in that locker room that have you beat by a couple hundred games. Xavier Willette, I know, just had 600 pro games just a couple of games Mm -hmm. ago, but for uh, a guy like you, 
who's coming from France, not exactly known as a professional hockey hotbed. There have been uh, pro hockey players, NHLers that have come from France before, but it's not necessarily at the top of people's mind. And the journey that you took to get to 100 games, it's nothing to to stick your nose up at. It's it's a heck of an accomplishment. So let me start off first by congratulating you and kind of give you the broad question before we get into the minutia here is just how does it feel to kind of reach that big round triple digit number of of 100 given uh the path you've gone on to get here well to be honest i did not know i was you know uh-huh. at, at 100 uh, i was before the game on saturday that uh, some of the guys mentioned it um but yeah you know i had uh, a different path than others and uh, you know getting to that um mark even though it's not you know uh xavier uh, xavier's yeah. career so far but uh <laughs> Uh, no, it's you know it's uh, it's a good accomplishment. I know it's it's just the beginning, and you know I'm very excited for what's what's in front of me. Uh, but I'm yeah very happy that I get to 100 already. Now you and I had had spoken about kind of your uh, you getting into hockey a little bit last season, your first season with with Wilkes-Barre Scranton, your first season pro for that matter, um, and just the fact that you got into hockey was a little bit of an anomaly because soccer football is is the biggest sport over there in France by probably a country mile and then some probably lapping whoever's in second place there um but what it was your grandparents that took you on skating lessons or something like that do I remember this right no No, I don't and my parents saw uh, this ads uh this ad in the newspaper okay and then it would be you know um if you take your kid to the rink and they like it and they actually show up to every session you get half the year off, like price-wise. Oh, okay. And uh, in addition to this, it was also the only sport you could start this young in France. So I was three years old. Okay. But, uh, you know, soccer, rugby, and all those sports, uh, it was most likely five years old that you could actually, you know, start it with a club and a team. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, when I was three, they took me there after seeing it in the newspaper and then fell in love with it, and then they always – brought me back was it hockey centric or was it just like skating no it was uh well it was you know you were very young so you know you're trying to learn how to skate but uh you know it was hockey based you know okay they got Uh, a stick in your hand yeah yeah we got the stick and everything um uh but it's it was the beginning right Uh, especially in france you know it's uh it's very hard to uh, get into hockey like that yeah uh yeah that's how it started how close was the rink for which this program was advertised uh, well, I was in the big city uh, okay. where my parents worked, but it was around 25 to 30 minutes from my hometown. Okay. So, uh, yeah, credits to my parents for driving me to all those practices <laughs> every day for a good amount of years. Well, we we got to get half off. We, we yeah. got to stay for well, the full it, session. Yeah. It was a good deal. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they did, they did drive me a lot there. Do they have any stories of when you were first uh, getting out there and how you really took to it? Because I imagine three years old, like that's pretty young for you to have hardline memories do they have any stories of taking you to those practices or are you just getting into it at first uh yeah the one thing uh that my mother always said is i was a kid with a lot of energy and okay. you know would fall asleep very late and wake up very early and always be you know super active uh-huh. and she said that hockey actually calmed me down and i all that energy that i had i put now it there's on, a release yeah. everything was on the ice so you know i was <laughs> Kind of going everywhere on the ice, and then after that, I was a calm kid, ready for bedtime. Uh, so that's probably why my mother was very happy about <laughs> me starting uh, hockey at first. But uh, yeah, that's the one funny 
um, story about hockey at first, yeah. Tire yourself out. There's there's another tip for, for any uh, new parents or, or parents to be out there. Whenever the kids get all wound up and you think, like, they have too much energy – Sign them up for a sport and tell seriously. them, yeah, just seriously, just get them yeah. all wound up, get all that energy out. Bedtime becomes a little bit less of a battle yeah, exactly. uh, after the exercise. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, now, obviously, you don't stay three years old forever, and you keep climbing the ranks. You play a little bit more and more. But in France, there's not uh, as much of a town-to-town um, focus on club hockey competitive hockey, even just skills training, the kind of stuff that you have to do in order to kind of uh, level up, I guess, for lack of a, of a better expression. And then you end up leaving home at what, 10, 12, uh, 10, 12? T- t- uh, thir- uh, 2011, so yeah. The year I was turning 13, yeah. The year I was turning 13, you leave to go to uh, boarding school? N- uh, yeah, it was boarding school because okay. obviously I was moving away from home, mm-hmm. uh, but I was still in middle school. So the, you know, the, the dorm were yeah. in the middle school. So it was boarding school for one year. So how far, when we say move away from home, how far are we talking? That was six hours up North in Normandy. Okay. Um, so this so is a much bigger difference than the 20, 30 minute drive to the rink that you were dealing with before. Yeah. It wasn't easy at first. Uh, you know, obviously leaving home, but especially at this young age. Yeah. Uh, and then my youngest brother was born two weeks exactly after i had left home wait really yeah he was born uh september 19th and i had to be there the fourth like legit two weeks on the dot um so it was um it was hard because i was you know far from my family but also far from the the youngest brother and i didn't get to see him a lot growing like you know as he grew up obviously i was away i got to go home for christmas in the summer Mm -hmm. uh but this was for sure challenging in the uh, in the first, I would say, three years, uh, it was it was tough, yeah. How many siblings do you have? I have two younger brothers. Two younger brothers. Yeah. So you're about 13, 12, 13 when the youngest I've, one shows up. Yeah, I was uh, I was 13, and then I was uh, six when, when the uh, middle, middle brother yeah, middle comes brother. along. What yeah. are their names? Let's give them a shout-out. Uh, the youngest is uh, Augustin in okay, English. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then uh, the middle one is Antoine. Okay. Yep, so... Both A's. I don't know why, but yeah. Both A's. Yeah, yeah. Double A if you want to throw in the Adamo at the end there. Seriously, yeah. yeah I'm back, the only one. Back that... to back. You're the outlier. Yeah. Are you also the – did they ever pick up a stick and try and play, or were you all, the solo hockey guy? Uh, Well, they f- obviously follow along, but yeah, they do play hockey now. Oh, nice. Both. Yeah, yeah. My uh, youngest brother, uh, you know, he's still in the big city where I started. Okay. Obviously, he's, he's still pretty young. Uh, he's doing well. He's a tall kid as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Antoine is actually in Rouen, where I played as well. Okay. Um, he moved there a little later, and then thir- I think he moved when he was 15. But okay. same thing, it was the right path to follow. You know, if you wanted to pursue hockey, and uh, he's actually he's now playing uh, and practicing, playing with the pro team in Rouen. So uh, worked out pretty well for him. Works out great for him, and they're all following in uh, in your footsteps here. You're yep. you were the the hockey playing big brother. They want to follow in your footsteps, uh, and I guess the the size runs in the family a little bit too. Yeah, uh, Antoine is not as tall, but pr- I mean he's still a good height, six four. Oh uh, yeah, no big deal. And then <laughs> Augustin uh, will be either as tall or taller to me because he's already taller. We're we're looking at projections here. Yeah, well, because we always compare to we had a book in France where we. You know, had all the heights jot, and weight. Okay, jot down yeah. on this day. I measured it. And this. so my mom always compares, and uh, he's 
about the same height, the same age, but he, yeah, he'll probably be as tall. Yeah, he's pretty tall for his age. He's like five seven, I think, at twelve. Five seven at twelve. Yeah, yeah five, that's, that's a that's a big twelve year old. Yeah, and no, there's, it prob- is. there's probably these other kids in France that are playing hockey, thinking like I might be the only kid in my neighborhood or one or two kids in my neighborhood who play and get out there. And then there's this yeah. giant twelve year old out there. They're probably like, oh man, it's a it's yeah. A- when he plays with a fifteen year old, uh, he doesn't look like a like know, a twelve year old. Yeah, he doesn't. So it's good. It's good for him. Yeah. Were you, Were you playing up age groups? Uh, whenever you were younger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, like whoever was doing pretty well in their age category usually to get something out of it you'd get put with the older older guys so from you know nine years old I've always practiced with older than me uh same when I moved to Ren when I was 16 17 I was practicing with the pro team already so there yeah. was always better and stronger than me so I could actually you know get better uh rather than just stay with my age group so it worked out well as well. And then your path to continue improving and get better brings you from France to Texas. Yeah. Play with the Lone Star Brahmas of the NAHL. You talked about it being difficult moving six hours away when you were 12, but I imagine from France to Texas, that's that's got to be a little bit of a culture shock, right? Well, yeah, the culture. Uh, I would say the the language barrier was probably, you know, the most uh, concerning aspect, okay. you know, um, I already had moved from home. So, you know, going to another country, to be honest. Oh, you were like, you know, oh, I was, this is small yeah, potatoes. I was already away from home. Okay. Um, but the, the the language was something that, you know, uh, wasn't easy at first. And uh, obviously the culture, I wouldn't say it's a shock at first, but I was, I always had a curious mind about, you know, other places. So I was very happy and looking forward to, you know, get to live in another country and a state like Texas as well. So, no, it, it was fun. It was fun. And, you know, I, uh, yeah, I liked it there. It was great. I, I think you can get a, a slice of Americana in any part of the United States, but Texas is kind of its own world. They they got di- different stuff happening down there, it, it sure feels like. And you want to talk about a blending of different cultures. Mm-hmm. So like, even down there, like, Depending on where you're at, you could be close to the to the border, and then you have a huge Mexican influence. You get mm-hmm. a little bit closer to the Gulf, and then it's a little bit more uh, Bayou Cajun, and then who knows what else is going on in the middle there. I mean, it's a gigantic state. It is. It is actually bigger than France. Yeah, like, like the, Texas is the bigger size than, yeah. of Texas is larger than France. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, no, it was uh, yeah, it was a good state. You know, two years was great there, and you know, get to see. A lot of different things there. The weather was great, that's for sure. Okay. Like it was, it well, was especially during hockey season, you probably weren't there during uh, whenever it gets like over 100 degrees in the summer. A little bit in, you know, when you start with the team. Okay. You have very hot days, but then during the year, it's like the, the you know, the best weather you could get walking out of a rink and, you know, yeah, those were great two years for sure. Those are great days. Those yeah. are great days. And uh, like I said before, I teased in, in the open that uh, you – you played college hockey, RMU, RPI. You turned pro with uh, the Wheeling Nailers slash Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins last year. So all of this moving around, leaving home to, to go to boarding school and play, leaving your home country to go to Texas, it pays off because you're making a career out of things now. And I do not want to speak out of turn. I do not want to put words in your mouth. But given the steps that you've taken, was it? the highlight of your career 
to suit up for France at the IHF World Championships this past summer. Is that is that the pinnacle so far for Justin Adamo? Like I said, I don't want to speak for you. That's why I'm asking. So uh, the way I see it, there's like, you know, the team I'm with during the whole year. Mm-hmm. That's the one aspect. And then obviously representing your country. I put it on the two different sides. Two different, okay. And for sure representing France for you know, uh, the world and for the first time was, you know, an unreal experience. And that's something that I was very happy to be part of. Uh, but I'm also very happy, you know, with how seasons go in America as yeah. well. Uh, but for sure, representing your country, um, that kind of stage against very good, very good hockey player uh, was something that was very fun and uh i'm glad there's one every year so you know there's, <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity another for, opportunity not every yeah. four years like an olympics or every four years like a leap day yeah worlds exactly. are coming worlds yeah. are coming around every year a- yeah. another chance to put on that sweater so okay you're saying we're keeping them separated international and club exactly we'll keep them on on two different plates here you got your fruits and your veggies or your mm-hmm. meats and your veggies if you will um so then let me put you on the spot here then uh, what is your best memory or career highlight so far when it comes to playing uh, on a on a club organized team like during fall, winter, spring season? So we're talking about clubs now. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. talking about clubs now. Well, outside of international play. In junior, my first year in America. Yeah. Uh, we get to win the national championship. Yeah. Uh, which is something that you know is uh, I'll never forget. And you know, we still talked with we still talk with guys that were in this team and. We got this bond now, and it was, yeah, probably the best uh, memory we have had, you know, because obviously you don't win championship uh, every day. No, no, you do so, not. So uh, this was something that, yeah. Um, and that was your first year over over here in the States? Yeah, rookie year, rookie year in, in Lone Star, yeah. So, so you win the Robertson Cup as NHL yep. champions, and this is your first season leaving home new language, new place, all that stuff, does just having the the chance to, A, bond with a team on a championship run, and B, actually be able to lift that championship trophy over your head, does that kind of reinforce to you really early on that this was the right choice for me? Yeah, I mean, I never doubted that going to the U.S. would be a bad decision no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, for sure, first year, you're like, well, it, it started pretty well. And, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I came here. Uh, so yeah, it was something that, you know, I'm very happy I was able to be part of this group and win this championship. And that's the thing too, with the NAHL, it's spread out all over the place in terms of the the geography Mm -hmm. of, of the league. Like even the USHL was pretty condensed for the most part in the Midwest. There's, there's some other teams scattered about, but like NAHL is, you've got New England, you've got Texas, of course, the South, Alaska, Minnesota. Alaska and like not like one team there's several Alaskan teams um I think there's over 30 teams in the NAHL yeah they've had it more um since I I mean since I've played junior they've had it like I would say at least four new teams to the league it's a big league so Mm -hmm. to stand atop the mountain at the end of it after all of that is is no no small feat for sure oh yeah no it's uh you know and first time going Playing a season with that many games, you know, I think it was 60, 62 maybe. Okay. Uh, coming from France where, you know, in U18 and U20, you play 18 to 20 game and then... As a full season. As a full season, <laughs> you know, one one game every weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I got to experience the whole 
the full package of the American culture for sports. And yeah, yeah it was uh, it was great. Yeah, I don't regret it. Long trips, long bus rides, games scattered all throughout the week yeah. to, to fill out that 60-some game schedule. Yeah, and uh, we got lucky because Lone Star were kind of in the middle. For of that, all the other Texas teams? For all the other teams. Uh, you know, uh, longest trip uh, was probably Corpus Christi. Okay. Uh, but it would be like 9 to 10 hours. But Corpus Christi, when they had to go north of us, was way longer than that. So okay. we had actually a lucky, you know, like, yeah, it was good. It was a good spot for travel. <laughs> like, it wasn't the worst, but, yeah, long long travels for sure still. And you win the championship and a, a great moment for you early on in mm-hmm. your, your journey here in North America. Um, going back to, to France and, and French hockey, who were like a, your idols and the players that you looked up to growing up? Because it's a little bit of a small sample size when it comes to France. Were you sticking with the, the Frenchmen or were there other players that kind of caught your eye? Well, before I would say like I moved from my hometown, uh-huh. um, you know, I hadn't really heard about the NHL that much mm-hmm. and, you know, hockey overseas or anything. Uh, and then as I grew up, uh, we got Roussel and Belmar playing oh, yeah. in the NHL. I actually trained a few times with Belmar because he played in Rouen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, got to talk with him and, you know, looking up to those guys that were one of the few French players that made it. Uh, those were the two people, you know, you look up to as, you know, as French people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, those are probably, I would say, the, uh, you know, in my teenage years that those were the two players you you know as f- everyone in France probably looked up to them because they're like well these two made it these are the guys that made yeah it. and then you know all the sacrifices is a big word but sacrifices and everything they had to go through to actually make it um is is you know something that you got to put a lot of respect on and you know try to do the same on your side as well and and in the case of uh Roussel and Belmare I, I could be wrong are they both undrafted too uh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh Belmar is for sure. Yeah, Roussel, I don't think he's drafted. He I have the played I have in, a laptop. I think he played in the um, Quebec Junior League and then you know got signed as a free agent cuz Belmar got to the NHL at 29 years old after playing a f- few years in uh Sweden mm-hmm. where he did very yeah. well. Roussel got to play junior overseas, but I don't think he got drafted. No, yeah, they were both both undrafted guys too, so it's not even like so those are cool stories. You yeah, know. really cool yeah. stories. And you mentioned the the sacrifices, the obstacles that these guys had to overcome, the scratch and claw. You just mentioned Belmer, what he was twenty nine. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, it's a cliche, but everyone has their own path. Yeah, you know, uh, he did very well in France, moved to Sweden. I'm pretty sure he started in the Allsvenskan, which is the second yeah. league. Did very well there, then made it to the SHL. Did very, very well in the SHL. Did very well with the national team, you know, at the Worlds on yeah. the international stage. And then, yeah, ended up uh, playing for the Flyers, I think, the his first season, at uh, first few yeah. seasons. Flyers uh, were his yeah. first team. Yeah, it, 29. It, he didn't even, like, spend time in the American League. No, they, he went They straight. signed him from mm-hmm. Sweden, and he punched himself a ticket to the NHL and never looked back. Yeah. Still isn't looking back. Yeah, he's with 37 now. He's still playing. He's with Seattle now, yeah. What a career. Great, great career. What a career. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Good good guy and good story, I guess, for, for young French hockey players to oh, look yeah. up to in the story of stick to Uh You said the, the cliche as well that everybody's path is different. Uh, Lord knows we've learned that here at Wilkesbury Scranton. High draft picks that come through here and get to the NHL. Undrafted players that come through here and get to the NHL. Uh, Mark Johnstone just earlier this year. Mm-hmm. We have a great story on him coming up in our game program this weekend prior to Hockey is for Everyone Night where 
he's one of the more unique paths that we've seen. And yep. now we got a uh, Justin Adamo here who's uh, putting in his bid to climb the rungs of the ladder. Yep. Hundred pro games now. It's a, uh, it's cool to see. It's yeah. cool to see from no, my perspective. Sure. That's for sure. And I interrupt this conversation with Justin Adamo, but only very briefly to tell you about the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Wilkesbury, Scranton, local hotel on Kidder Street that strives to be your home away from home when traveling. Justin and the players know all about how important comfort is when traveling city to city, drive to drive, whether he's bouncing back and forth between Wilkesbury, Scranton and Wheeling or long bus trips, getting in at 2 in the morning after games. It's important to feel comfortable, to feel at home, and with the Fairfield guarantee, they promise that you will be satisfied, and on the off chance that you're not, they will make sure that they make it right. Located right on Kidder Street, less than two miles away from Ohegan Center Arena at Casey Plaza. If you're visiting from out of town, you got some relatives coming to Northeast Pennsylvania, you got some friends that might want to check out a Penguins game, whatever your situation may be, check out the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Wilkesbury, Scranton, as the Pens continue to play along here in their 25th season. Give them a ring. Right now, if you're looking to book your travel plans, or later, if you're going to take care of that uh, in a little bit, I tend to procrastinate myself too. But the number to call is 570-208-4455. That's 570-208-4455 to get in touch with the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Wilkesbury Scranton. Now, back to Justin Adamo. But... These journeys being different, they they bob, they weave, they twist, they turn. Uh, you never know where they're going to go. I've learned in my in my time mm -hmm. not to make the mistake of asking people what they plan on doing when they're done playing because you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about what you're doing to maximize the time while you are playing. Mm -hmm. But I heard a, a rumor. Can you confirm or deny that had hockey not been for you, that we'd be talking to Dr. Justin Adamo right now. I heard this swirling around. Yeah, no, I've uh, I've always done very well in school. Okay. And, uh, you know, before hockey actually took over in a way in my life and for the future, uh, yeah, when I was middle school and high school up until our last year, I did all the science classes because I wanted to go to med school and become a surgeon. Okay. Oh, okay. That was the big thing. You know, my dad being a nurse, I've always find, you know, the, the medical environment very very like fun and you yeah. know trying to do all these things and yeah surgeon was the goal you know when I was going through all those classes any particular kind of of surgery well I was you know I was my teenage year but I wanted to do either the brain being a brain surgeon or all the digestive system oh, surgeon okay. uh, I think they're, they're actually the two longest like years in school you have to spend i would hope you have to spend some time uh, in school to do brain surgery but to be a surgeon was uh i mean i was looking you know i think it was an additional eight or ten years but i was like it's i think it's something that'd be very cool and you know cliche but saving people's lives or making their lives better i think is something that you know is very very cool that you know my dad's just a nurse but does uh, does it at his level and i think oh, it's yeah. very cool as well so yeah, surgeon was the the idea before hockey. That was yeah, that was that was an idea, maybe a, a halfway decent fallback plan if yeah. uh, if hockey didn't work out. But it seems like uh, hockey's doing okay for you. It's it's yeah. you and uh and Samarukov. I know had uh, aspirations of becoming a doctor, something in the medical field, and mm -hmm. then hockey ends up uh, taking over. Yep. I'm not sure what the uh, 
medical school track is in Russia, to to be exact. He's yeah. he's he's got some wild stories from, oh, from sure. his school days. I'm oh, sure. he's we we do not have the kind of uh, podcast time to dedicate to his uh, uh, excursions back in his home country. But what's the what's the path you were talking about? A little bit, if you wanted to be a surgeon in France, how many years is that? Uh, well, you got the first year everyone is in med school and then you have to actually pass one of the hardest tests ever and the higher you ranked the quicker i guess you you're on the list to pick whatever you want to do okay so so hypothetically i take this this awful test what after just one year yeah so okay. everyone so i take this awful test classes. i finish first i get the you best score first, out of you, everybody you get to pick which branch you go you know people go to med school and they want to be delivery nurses or you want to be a dentist okay you know? And then those there's like limited spots for all those. So there's branches. five spots to hypothetically be a dentist. I can now take one of those that first five spot. spots. But if I finish thirtieth, and right, five people already picked that dentist, dentist oh, then you got to now pick I got to be else. a podiatrist. So to be a surgeon, you have to be in the elite that first year, which is that very hard. Sense. And then after that, I think it's plus that one year. I think it's yeah, it's a total of nine other years, so ten total to be, you know. You'd be operating people at this time, you know. You'd be doing surgery and all yeah. that things, but it's uh, yeah, they're long studies. But I would, I think it's worth it. I mean, it's a good, it's a good, interesting, you know, job to do. Yeah, it's an so, interesting job. I imagine yeah. it's a, it's a lucrative job over there, just as it is over here. And you mentioned the, uh, the altruistic side of it too, which is saving people's lives. Yeah, it doesn't always, uh, doesn't get higher stakes, or for that matter, more rewarding than that. Exactly. I think it's yeah. I mean, any medical job is a pretty cool job <laughs> yeah so so you are clearly uh one smart cookie mr adamo for your time in school you wanted to, to go that medical track um but here on the wilkesbury screen to penguins podcast we have a real way to track to test your ability to articulate your intelligence mm-hmm. to an audience out there um one of the easiest ways most accessible ways i think for people to expand their mind learn something is going on YouTube and watching some TED Talks. Mm-hmm. People love yep. watching TED Talks. Yep. I know people that will put them on while they're cooking, washing dishes. Sometimes they'll put them on, fall asleep to them, figure out where they fell asleep, and turn it on the next morning whenever yep. they're in the shower or whatever. And here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast this season, we have had the Penguins players, now including yourself, give us an impromptu, unscripted TED Talk. You're looking at me right now. I did not tip you off to this, and that is is the kicker, ladies and gentlemen. Justin, if you don't mind handing me that helmet over there, right in front of you. Within this helmet are contained several prompts. You have never seen these prompts before. You are going to reach into this helmet, Mm -hmm. pull out two different tags. Okay. Okay? You'll read them, and you will give us an impromptu TED Talk, as if you were an expert, as if you had your own YouTube video, as if you had a captivated audience around you. You will give us a TED Talk on that subject. Okay. You'll pick one of the two. Oh, one of the two. Right? Okay. okay, now, let's say you pull out one, you don't like it. You pull out the second one, oh, I don't like this one either. I don't really want to do a TED Talk on either of these two. You have the option to reach back into the helmet for a third prompt. However, 
you are locked into option three. There is no escaping it. That one okay. is do or die. Do you understand what I'm getting yeah, at here? But then, so I'm doing, I'm trying to get, make you guess what my topic oh, no, is. No, no, or no, no, I'm no, just... no, no, no. We'll, we'll read out loud what your topics oh, are. And then so I have to t- go and then, on it. And, for then, it. Okay. and then you'll get a second to think about it, get your mind right, and then you will present your TED Talk on this subject as if you were a scholar who did years of school and passed the, right. the impossible test on this subject. So let's uh, throw you into the fire here. Your first prompt is, will you be giving us a TED Talk on? Regret. Regret. <laughs> Philosophy time. Oh, okay. okay. Philosophy time. Regret or, or, or option two. Let's see what I got here. Learning to shave. Learning to shave. So Justin Adamo. You're a you're a you're a big grown boy. I'm sure you've shaved one or two times in your life. Uh-huh. You can either give us a TED talk on learning to shave or a TED talk on regret. I want to go for a third one here. You you want now you're going to be locked in. I Whatever you I, pull out of I here. I, I mean I don't think it can be as hard. I mean it's either the same level or easier. So are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Okay, here we go. The, I think you're. Are you the first person to go for number three? I think you might be the second. I get the person. options. I'm taking yeah. the third. Yeah, you're taking you the go. third. So you're locked in. All right. No learning to shave. No regret. Justin Adamo, you will be giving us a TED talk on. Oh no. <laughs> Hip hop beefs. Hip hop beefs. Are those like? Uh, Beefs means like when people are arguing. Oh, they're fighting. They're they're rivals. Okay. Hip hop rivalries. You a big hip hop guy? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Do you no, know I'm any famous hip hop beefs? One. Oh, this you're locked in, pal. Uh, and hey, we do leave this open ended, right? So you can steer this whatever direction that you want. We go where you want the river to flow. This is your prompt, just to simply get you started. All right. I think one of the most important. Well, hold on. Are you, are oh. you ready to go? I mean, I got only one idea. Okay. About one well, topic. All right. Well, let's let's get us started here. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, a TED Talk by Justin Adamo. Hi, everyone. I'm Justin Adamo. And for years, people have always asked me the question, what are the EPUB beefs that, you know, we've seen throughout history? And I think uh, today it's important to talk about probably the most uh, famous and known beefs we've had uh, throughout history, uh, which is the one with Tupac and uh, Biggie, two rappers that unfortunately passed away in uh, terrible circumstances. Uh, but when you look back at uh, at those, you know, rivalry between these rappers, it all started uh, from one concert, you know, when some rapper from one side of the country started talking, you know, little bad things about the other side of the country. Uh, and, you know, we can learn from that, that uh, it was a mistake for sure uh, when we look at uh, what happened at the end. Uh, but I think it's very important that in especially in the music culture, we get some rivalries between, you know, different rappers and genre of, of uh, music. Um, obviously, you know, rappers are known for being maybe, you know, tough guys or people that have known difficult uh, situation in their lives. But I think it's very important that, you know, the, the music world gets those beefs sometimes. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, unfortunately, it led to bad events. But you know, it's it, it allowed those two guys to release some uh, great songs. And, you know, even to this day, we still listen to the songs, even though we, you know, we're not born in this generation. And I think uh, it's very, very important that beefs happen sometimes for, for the greater good. Um, so 
if you think the same thing, I uh, really appreciate you listening to me, and thank you, everyone. Excuse me, sir. Back here, <laughs> back row, sir. Yep. Yeah. Get a question. I I love that uh, you you pointed out that uh, uh, hip hip hop beefs can sometimes be for good. <laughs> obviously, obviously tragic what happened to to Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur. We we do not want to see anyone lose their lives over music beefs. Uh, that obviously being the biggest example because of the circumstances. But um, we can even cite other examples. Perhaps uh, a Taylor Swift and a Kanye West. Um, that is a, a beef that, that riveted, uh, pop culture for, for a very long period of time. Um, and you say a, a beef like that is, is good. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Uh, well, the best example I would, I could give you is, I think it was Eminem and I think it was Maria Carey, Carey, Mariah Carey and Eminem did beef. Eminem has had many a beef. Yeah. But day. that one is the one that for sure, uh, I read about and, uh, you know, when you look back at the song where Eminem answers what happened, I think it's 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 electric. Like you know, it's the, electric. That's why I say it brings good, good things sometimes. Is the they have two answers in in their way, and they're very good at music, so they answer with some good music. And I think even though it you know it starts with an argument between people, uh, to the when it comes to the music, it actually brings very good music because they'd be like well i have to answer this person i have to be very good for this and then both people kind of rise up to the occasion so to speak and then you kind of get those good things out of it now let me kind of bring this back to hockey in kind of a haphazard way you talked about growing up you would play up a level practice up a level because that is how you would get better playing against and playing with stiffer competition Mm -hmm. you may not have had beef with these people but competition bred a better Justin Adamo. In the music world, a beef creates a little bit of friction mm-hmm. and competition, and that can bring out the best in an artist. Exactly. Yeah, a little it's, bit of competition yeah. hasn't hurt nobody. And this uh, hip-hop beefs was particularly our, our prompt here, and there is a long history of, of famous hip-hop beefs because they tend to go directly at no subtlety whenever they're, mm-hmm. they're challenging somebody in a beef. Um, but it goes back to, to rock and roll. Beach Boys and the Beatles were neck and neck with each other without the competition that they had. Yep. You get no pet sounds. You get no Sgt. Pepper. Neil Young and Leonard Skinner. There's probably a hundred more that, that I'm not going through. Like, it's not just hip-hop beefs. We've gotten some really good music yeah. out of the competition that comes from a little bit of rivalry, a little bit of spark backstage. Yeah, and I Nirvana wish— Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Yeah, I wish uh, I could talk about some French ones too, because there's some, there's actually some good ones, but one that was epic. Wait, Let's, can you enlighten us? So there was two two rappers. Okay, um, this counts as hip hop beefs. You you could have gone into this. I know, but you know, no one would know who they are. But so it's kinda, I'd be learning something. Like I wouldn't have talked. Sorry, uh, continue, continue. Basically, uh, they actually did a song way back, like ten years ago. That was is one of the most famous songs in French rap history. Uh, then they parted ways. This was then, like a group? No, no, no. Oh, there's I'm just sorry. two in- individuals that did a song together. Okay. Right? Two so like individual. J. Cole feet Drake. Exactly. Okay, yeah, but same, it's two French same guys. Same type. Yeah, two French guys. And then with years, one got more su- successful than the others. And then, you know, a couple bad lines here and there. And, you know, you know, trying to throw, throw something under the bus. And then... Uh, they actually 
one guy re- the one guy released a song you know t- saying some truth about that rapper and things that people wouldn't know so the guy had to answer with another song so those songs are like i mentioned when you say earlier. some truths are you saying like personal life stuff that people didn't know yeah so okay. uh well he had some problem with the you know, um, the justice that you know we probably didn't know, and did some things that we didn't know okay. that were not good things. Not uh, good things. No, not good things. Uh, so then the uh, other rapper had to answer as well, and then they ended up having to, or it came down to one guy saying like, "Well, let's let's end it by fighting." Like, let's straight up brawl. But no, they wanted to do it like a... Uh, Hip-hop battle? No, like a McGregor-Mayweather. Like, like UFC uh, sell Boxing, so they wanted to do boxing, uh, you know, and obviously they would have attracted, you know, media. Oh, my goodness. Everyone would... Yeah. I mean, they would, have, they would have sold out the place in yeah. 10 minutes. Uh, contracts were exchanged and then ended up having some issues with lawyers and one guy was going to get more money than the other. Oh. So, you know, it actually never came down to that. But for a solid... Six months, even like media on TV were talking about it and like debating these guys about are gonna it. Fight. They're going to fight because it was, you know, they had lawyers and some, uh, you know, UFC version of France was being like, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll organize it. it, like we'll do it for you guys, blah blah blah. So that's one of the biggest like beefs, uh, you know. Who recently. are these guys' names? Uh, one name is Booba. What? Booba. Booba. B o o b a. Okay. And the other one in French. Caris, K-A-A-R-I-S. Okay. Uh, and those two guys were the ones that, you know, even the other day on social media, I saw again some videos they were posting about each other when this whole nego- uh, you know, whole thing was going on. So, uh, yeah, it's one of, I mean, from the outside, you're like, this is fun. Like, I hope it happens. And it actually, like I mentioned earlier, it brought out some well, very good Great songs music. from both sides because they were – you know, the beats were good, the lines were good, and, you know, they were actually, like, going at each other in the music, but it also wanted to take it out of the music. All right, I have I have two follow-up questions to this story. One, do you think they will actually fight? Will the fight end up happening? Go ahead. I see no, right. it actually, it will not happen, but forgot to mention about them. They saw each other at an airport before Christmas three years ago. Okay. The Paris-Charles de Gaulle airport. They were with their friends, respectively, and they saw each other, and they fought in the airport. In the airport? Like, it was a six versus six fight. Did people, like, get their cell phone videos out? Oh, it was recorded. It was recorded all over media, like, TV, everything, and they actually got in trouble. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, You can't fight in an airport. Yeah, they went to court and blah, 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 but they actually met in person, and that's what actually led to the let's do this properly. Oh. Because one guy got, I wouldn't say beat up bad but he definitely didn't win the yeah <laughs> the airport fight but then it's also like well your boys were there like maybe some cheap shots yeah like, let's so, settle this but that's, that's how intense it got i forgot about that aspect the airport too. fight airport fight and it, it's actually funny because you know they're grabbing perfume bottles and throwing it at each what? other like it was a uh, mayhem out there and then you had regular people trying to get to their gates that are like oh, what is going on Wait here for my flight get out of here <laughs> yeah so yeah i forgot about that question number two how legit do you think the beef was and how much of it do you think was manufactured to generate media buzz and then perhaps a big payday at the end with, say, this fight? How much do you think was real and how much do you think was manufactured? I th- I, I will it, accept any answer. I, no, an I, I'll tell you. I believe it was very real. Your body. Like the, 
I mean, the airport flight, they don't, they didn't fake it. Like, yeah. It was. They went at it. No, they didn't know they were supposed to be there. They, like, you know, they saw each other, and it's like dropping the gloves, and then they went straight at it. So they, they definitely didn't like each other to start that. Uh, and obviously, you know, with media and everything, social media, I think it takes obviously, uh, you know, it gets bigger. But the base of it was was true. Like they actually hated each other, still hate each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think with media, it definitely got bigger. Then it got to the uh, official boxing match. Maybe it was you know like oh, we're just, like they threw it out there and Let's then they saw they saw this. people yeah. reacted well to it. They were like, well, we're gonna keep on that theme. Yeah. But uh, I mean, they had lawyers. They had you know uh, contracts and all that. So uh, it looked pretty real to me. To all be right, honest. all right. And I'm sure they both benefited, like you said, yeah. from the whole buzz around it. But uh, it looked pretty real. We're talking about it on a podcast in Northeast Pennsylvania right yeah, now. That's some I mean, serious. Pub. I'm all here for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the social media aspect of it, uh, I didn't even think. Imagine if we had Twitter. Back when you had East Coast, West Coast, Biggie, Tupac. Diddy, well, sometimes like I wish. Row. I wish there would have been some sort of social media for other events, maybe than that. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I'm happy that social media is only a more recent, a newfangled thing. thing. Yeah. Oh my god. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I don't like when you think back in the time. Like, it's a weird topic, but like during wars. Yeah. I'm glad social media. Were well, there, especially with how wars were back in the days. You know, like mm-hmm. even now you see some, you know, Middle East or you see Ukraine or Israel, whatever. Yeah. Like you'll see a little bit, but I don't think it's something that like we people want to see. Be yeah. honest, like once or, you hear about it, you're yeah, like, okay. Or, or if you do, you're like a historian and you're searching out documentaries and you yeah. see some footage and then you're like, oh boy, see, that's gnarly. That but you've You've signed up for that yeah. versus just get it polluting your feet. But I'm uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Sometimes, most of the time, I'm glad social media weren't a, a thing. newfangled invention. But for certain things, you'd be like, oh, like yeah. for sports events or you know, cool thing that happened. Let's positive things. Yeah. That would be a you know, be like oh, that'd be great. Miracle on Ice would have been ruined by social media because the game was played in the afternoon and the whole country watched it on tape delay that night. See, the that, game had been that's played a cool story. Did. See, like, I, yeah, we're glad social media so, were in the Social thing. media would have ruined the yeah. miracle on ice. Everyone would have already known that the U.S. won. Yeah. What? How? I mean, nowadays it's like that too, right? For anything you try to wait on the score or not, you, it, don't, if you go on social media, it's over. <laughs> you, it's, you're cooked. Yeah. You're cooked. You Same might as well delete shows. the app. Yeah. If you're, if you're, oh, yeah. If you didn't watch Succession this week, uh-huh. like, don't even open your phone. Don't even open the phone. Silence your notifications. Turn off every group chat. I use Succession as an example. But pick any uh, show of the day. The next Marvel show, Game of Thrones back in the day. Oh, I talk about this with people in the office all the time that people today don't understand the buzz. Like the water cooler show is dead. There's no more water cooler show Mm -hmm. where you'd show up the next day at work and talk about that show or call your buddies on the phone because everyone tweets about it or everyone gets around to watching it at their own pace because everything's on streaming now. Like Breaking Bad, during the last season of Breaking Bad, I was in college and we were the only house among our friend group that had cable. So everyone would come to our apartment watch the episode of Breaking Bad. We'd all have our popcorn or whatever. Uh-huh. And then, like, after the episode, I'd call my buddy who was back in Pittsburgh. We'd talk about the episode. The next morning, you'd wake up and you'd read the Grantland review of the last episode mm-hmm. of Breaking Bad. Like, it was a genuine event 
every episode during the last season. Sopranos was that way. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones flirted with that for sure, especially during its last seasons. Well, they released, you know, even for House of Dragons, the the sequel, they, you know, they released, I think it was one episode per week. Yeah, so they, you, you and, cannot binge And you it. cannot cheat the system. Yeah. Like, you have to wait. And that's what I love, what you just mentioned, uh, debating. Then you see, you know, family, friends, and they're, oh, you watch the episode, and then the whole conversation. Yes. Then you start talking about what, what you think is going to happen. You know, it's, yeah, this, those are great environments. Yeah, but everything's so spread out now on 100 different platforms, or even if you want to release one episode a week, somebody might go, ah, I'll wait until three episodes are out and then rip them all off in a row. Yeah. Like the water cooler show, that communal aspect of – Everyone is watching this Sunday night. Everyone is tuning into The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, fill in the blank. That's gone now. Yep. Or at least it's not nearly as apparent. It has to be like live sports to get everybody on the same exactly. page. It yep. has to be a playoff hockey game or the Super Bowl or something for mm-hmm. everyone to be dialed in. Yep. I miss times, that. Times have changed, that's for sure. Times and have I'm changed. not I mean, I'm not that old, but <laughs> No, sure you are not. Different than when I was younger, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's changed. The times, they are a change in. I believe it was Benjamin Franklin who said those words, and we have gotten many great words from Justin Adamo here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. But, Adamo, before uh, I let you go on and celebrate the rest of your leap day, perhaps with your teammates, maybe they're having a little party tonight, um, we got to do one final segment here on the show, and that is a little something called Penn's Picks. Penn's Picks. Justin, it is at this time in Every episode where I ask my guest to give the fans or listeners a little recommendation. Any recommendation in the world. It can be anything, something that you deserve uh, or something that you think deserves a shout out, something you think that isn't getting enough respect, get some kudos or just something where you're just like, you know what? I really enjoy this thing. You guys should check it out. It can be any anything you want. What is your recommendation? pick. Yes. Could be a movie recommendation. Oh yeah, that's a common one. Okay, uh, my recommendation is to watch the movie called Robbing Mussolini. Oh, I've heard of this, but I have not watched it. And watched it last night, and it's actually you know I'm a big uh, I like history and uh, the war story, uh-huh. and uh, it's based on a true story. Obviously, there's some fiction in it, but uh, it's a good picture of uh, how things were. Outside of Italy, uh, outside of Germany, with another fascism uh, regime and yes. you know government, and uh, yeah, it gives you a, another perspective on how things were uh, just outside of Germany and how bad it actually was for Italian people under Mussolini, uh, and then you get the true story of how they collected everything they could from the people and you know whether it's gold or art or whatever. And then you get some heist, um, okay. you know, vibe in so, it. So but it's like Ocean's Eleven meets Robin Hood meets historical. Historic. Yeah. It's a mix of everything, but I I really like the, um, the the vibe it gave about how you know we never talked about Japan or Italy during World War Two. Everything's how, focused how, on Germany, obviously, because yeah. they were the you know the founder founder of it a of founder it yeah, yeah we'll, if you we'll, want to call we'll it like that, that. <laughs> uh but yeah it was, a, it was a great movie robbie mussolini gives you another perspective about this um sad time of the history but from another perspective and then the german one 
So I found it. Yeah, it was a very, very cool movie. Robbing Mussolini. Where Rob- can people find it? Is it on? It's only on Netflix. Oh, yep. so it's a Netflix exclusive. Netflix so if you movie. got that Netflix, uh, if they haven't taken your your password sharing away from your family yet, or you right. got your own account, check out Robbing Mussolini yep. on Netflix. Um, I'll throw out a recommendation myself, a movie recommendation for my Pence pick. Uh, Leap Dave Williams, obviously a classic. Every Leap Day, the full day USA Marathon. It's a it's a tradition. Jim Carrey, okay. uh, Leap Dave Williams. Gotta love it. You guys know the movie I'm talking about. So also, huge Pence pick to um, the people of Northeast Pennsylvania who tried their darndest to help me out and find rhubarb for Leap Day. Comes around every four years. I know it is not in season, but you're supposed to have rhubarb on leap day. And I could not find rhubarb anywhere, Justin. None of the grocery stores, none of the produce sections. Nobody had rhubarb on this leap day. Uh, We had to settle for like some canned rhubarb. Uh, Allie DB is going to be cooking up some some tasty leap day treats for us. But couldn't find the fresh stuff. But I will give a shout out to the the fans. I threw out a flare on Twitter. There were people talking to me at Pens and Pins, the bowling tournament, okay. trying to find me some fresh rhubarb for Leap Day. Struck out, but I appreciate the help. That's what it's all about. Community it, coming together, right? Oh yeah, I agree. It's very sad we're far from friends because my mother grows rhubarb. No way, really? Oh yeah, we have it in the backyard. She likes doing. Uh, she makes soup sometimes out of it, but tar- uh, like uh, pie. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, she makes uh, some sort of like uh, gel- jelly or jam. Jam, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm not a huge fan, but she likes it. And my brother likes it, so she still grows rhubarb in the backyard. That's you, one of the things. You guys are things. sitting on a, on a Leap Day gold mine right now. Exactly. you can't find any of it out here right now. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Justin, once again, I will thank you for, for taking the time to join us here for a, a great episode of the Penguins podcast to tell us your tale and – uh, inform us on some interesting uh, hip-hop history in, in yeah. France. It's been a fun one. Fun yeah. one, for yeah. sure. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Do you have any uh, social media handles for people to follow you on should you wish to be followed? Uh, I think it's uh, just my name, Justin, and then the it's always the lower bar. Underscore. Yeah, the I underscore got one of those, English. Yeah. yeah. So Justin underscore Adamo. It's all my social media are like that. Not bar down. It's the lower yeah, bar. Yeah, the lower one. Yeah, keep it simple. Justin underscore Adamo. So yeah. follow him on social medias, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you're following him and the rest of the Penguins throughout the rest of this run of their 25th season. Adamo, uh, Merry Leap Day to you. I'll be sure to get a question from you for our next episode. But uh, yeah. it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. Say goodbye to the good listeners out there. Yeah. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for having me. See you later, everybody. Merry Leap Day. Celebrate responsibly, everyone. And we will see you at the rink. I bid you adieu. See you soon.